Welcome to the Keisha Wright Show, a weekly faith-based podcast for sisters, where we talk about everything concerning women. You name it, we'll cover it. There's no issue or topic off limits to God. And on this podcast, we'll expand the conversations. I'm your host and humble servant, Keisha Wright, licensed mental health therapist in the state of Maryland and transformation coach. As a therapist, it is my responsibility to advise you that this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for services from your very own mental health professional. Hello, 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 beautiful people. It's me, Keisha, your humble servant and host. And as always, I want to extend a heartfelt thank you and express genuine appreciation for you tuning in and supporting my podcast. So as I always do each week, I want to know how are you doing today? How are you? I want to let those of you who are first time listeners know that this was the topic of my very first episode. I just wanted to know how you were doing. And in that episode, I, I explained the difference between mental illness and mental, mental health and wellness. And I think I provided information that kind of sets the foundation for all of my subsequent um, episodes. So I strongly urge you to listen to the first episode and you'll get a good feel for the direction that I've been going in with my, um, with my podcast. So what I want you to do right now, we have to do our check-in. How are you doing? I need you to evaluate how you are really doing. I encourage you every week to see about yourself because as women, we have a tendency to take care of everybody else and we neglect ourselves. So last week during this segment of the episode, I asked you to consider whether or not you are at peace with yourself. And if you are not, figure out why. This week, I want you to evaluate your thoughts. I want you to see about your thoughts. I want you to really put some thought into how your thought life impacts how you view yourself. That's the check-in today. How do your thoughts about yourself impact how you view yourself? And you'll understand a little bit more about what I'm saying as I, as I get more into it in this, in this particular recording. So last week I asked you some questions and I'm going to ask the very same questions this week because they're still very much applicable to this topic. Question one, are you suffering from low self-esteem or feelings of low self-worth? Remember, I want you to evaluate how your thoughts about yourself impact how you view yourself in your totality. So number one, are you suffering from low self-esteem or feelings of low self-worth? Do you find yourself engaging in negative self-talk? where you always have something negative to say about yourself? Are you harboring negative feelings about yourself that stop you from moving forward? 
That's question number three. Question number four, are you having a difficult time with making peace with your past mistakes? And question number five, do you extend compassion to yourself? And so if you've answered yes to questions, questions number one, two, three, or four, you might need to really take some time to, to consider what's going on. And if you answer no to question number five, where you are unable to extend compassion to yourself, you need to check out whether or not you are still living or ruminating or focusing too much on your past mistakes. So this week's topic is the same as last week's topic, which is um, self-forgiveness or not. This is part two of self-forgiveness or not. So I'm going to do a quick recap of what I shared last week. I'm going to start with what self-forgiveness is. Self-forgiveness means that you accept the behavior, your past behavior, you accept what has happened, and you are willing to move past and move on with your life without ruminating, which simply means always thinking or focusing on past events that cannot be changed. In other words, you know, can you accept the things that disappoint you most about yourself? And that's a hard thing to do. We can't go back and change these things. Can you simply accept that these things happen? Doesn't mean we're proud of them. Does not mean that we're going to get a megaphone and tell everybody in the world about it. But can you reconcile yourself with the mistakes of your past and offer past, I'm sorry, and offer yourself some grace? So last week, I also shared the four four R's of self-forgiveness. It's a therapeutic um, it's a therapeutic concept that we use when we're trying to help people get to a place where they forgive themselves. And the four R's are that I introduced last week, responsibility, which is facing what you've done, remorse, which is allowing your feelings of guilt and remorse and shame, whatever those feelings are, to allow them to, to serve as a springboard towards positive behavior toward change restoration which means making amends making amends with yourself and with others the people that you may have hurt and then the last r is renewal which is learning from the experience and growing okay so those are four r's that you can think about if you know that you continue to struggle with issues concerning forgiving yourself I shared last week that while I agree that self-forgiveness is important, some of us have a difficult time getting to that place of peace where we're really able to take that deep breath and say, it is what it is. I have to move on. I have to forgive myself. I have to love myself enough to let this go and move on. And so I offered you a different kind of perspective last week, and I'm going to repeat it this week, and I want you to really think about it. So 
self-forgiveness, you know, a lot of us in the mental health field, um, we talk about self-forgiveness, you're hearing it everywhere. And I'm so happy that mental health is more of a focus as in the forefront of our mind as a nation, like we're really growing in that area. So you hear a lot about self-forgiveness, but as Christians, we need to understand what the word of God says. And I just want to share with you that self-forgiveness is not mentioned anywhere in the Bible as I have been able to find it. Now I stand corrected. If someone else can point that out to me, feel free to email me. But as I am aware right now today on August 9th, 2022, I have not been able to find anywhere in the Bible that talks about self-forgiveness. So what you find in the Bible as it relates to forgiveness is forgiveness that God extends to us where we go and ask God for forgiveness and he gives it to us and where we extend forgiveness to others. And we all know that God is, he's all knowing and he knows what's best. Self-forgiveness requires you to do something to make it happen, which is why I think we have such a difficult time with it. Just like when we are forgiving other people who have hurt us the most, we're not able to do that in and of ourselves. That is a work that only God can really do in your heart. And it's the same thing with self-forgiveness. So what I am going to propose to you today, for those of you who have not been able to get past yourself, your, your past mistakes, and you continue to badger, badger your own self about the things that you have done or allow these things to, to, to um, beat you down mentally. I am proposing that you not focus on that and that you focus on resting in the forgiveness that God has given you. God has forgiven you. When you, when you repent and you ask for his forgiveness, he gives it to you and he wants you to rest in it. So when you begin to rest in the forgiveness that God has given you, you are more, you are more likely to begin to experience peace with some of your past mistakes. And so last week I shared some scripture and I'm going to briefly go over them. First John one and nine, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. He's faithful in that he will forgive you and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's first John one and nine. Matthew 11 verse 29 says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. So a lot of us, we are yoked up with the things of our past and we can't find any rest. Unyoke yourself from that stuff. And the Lord says in Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So make that your focus. Yoke yourself up with Jesus and the word of God and stop yoking yourself to all of the negative things and the disappointments and all that you feel like you've done, the transgressions that you've, you've done against yourself and others. Like unyoke yourself from that stuff. 
and take the Lord's yoke upon you. I also mentioned Psalm 103 last week, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. So God's not tripping. He's not. Once you ask him for forgiveness, it's done. We beat ourselves up when really God's plan, the benefit of him extending his, his forgiveness to us is so that we can find peace in it. Right? So Micah, the book of Micah, chapter seven, verse 19 says, he will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. You hear me? He will have compassion upon us. If God is offering us his compassion, why can't we have some compassion towards ourselves? He will subdue our iniquities and thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Helen Baylor said it best in her song. She says, into the sea of forgetful, forgetfulness, he placed all of my sins. I'm the one who keeps reminding me over and over again, like God cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. We keep bringing it up. And so I am urging you to rest in God's forgiveness until such time that you are able to release yourself from the yoke of all of the things that you've done in your past that you're not proud of. And the last scripture that I want to share, I can't remember if I shared it last week. Um, Psalm 51 verses one through four. And this is, this is when David um, was crying out to the Lord over the sin that he had, he had um, done with Bathsheba and her husband. And David said, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. This is what David did. He acknowledged his transgression and my sin is ever before me. I mean, you know, like I remember it, but this verse, verse number four is the, is the, is the key. David said against thee. Thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. You know, he's acknowledging God, like while I hurt Bathsheba, you know, I, I, I had her husband killed. I, I've done some awful, awful things and I apologize for hurting them. But Lord, I've only sinned against you. And I've done this evil in thy sight. David knew that he had to seek forgiveness from God. And I don't know, David went on to be mighty, mighty, mighty in the Lord, even after he had this faux pas with, with, uh, with, with Bathsheba and that whole situation. Now there were consequences, but he did not let it stop him from fulfilling the purpose of, for which God placed him in this earth. And, and if you look further down in Psalm 51, verse 10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. So a lot of us, we cannot find our joy 
And God wants to restore us to that joy. You can't restore your own joy. David knew enough to say, Lord, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. So a lot of us are trying to restore our own joy through this whole self-forgiveness thing. And we don't have that power within us. There's something that is just holding us back. So I am strongly urging you, seek the Lord and accept the benefits of his forgiveness, which is rest and peace. So I talked a lot about rest last week. Rest, rest, rest. I, 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 I couldn't get it out enough because I wanted you to understand that you really can rest in the Lord. But listen, don't be confused. Just because Keisha said rest, it doesn't mean that you don't have to work. You still have to put some work in. Some of us still need to put some, some work in to, to, to solidify us unyoking ourselves from the ills of our past. And I'll explain a little bit more to you as I go further. So I want to reiterate that just because we are resting in the Lord, it does not mean that we don't have to work. James 2 and 20 says, Faith without works is dead. So we have to work. And so the first thing I want to say before I get into this segment of this recording is that some of us need help with working through some of the things that that we tend to hold on to, the the mental anguish that we we put ourselves through because of um, our inability to forgive ourselves and move on. And so, you know, I, I'm still rolling with that theme of self-forgiveness because I think if you can do it, it's important, it's great because it frees you to move on with your life. But some of us have, we're wounded so deeply. We've been through so many things in our lives. We've made so many mistakes that we're, 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 we're not proud of that for some reason or another, we just can't let stuff go. And this is the work that I'm encouraging you to do. And, and quite honestly, please, please, please consider working with a mental health professional. Because some things you, you don't even understand what's going on with you. And you're trying and you're trying and it's just not happening and you're trusting and you're praying. And I'm not saying that you can't do it you know, you know, by yourself with Christ Jesus, because we know that God can do all things. Um, again, I say that just was not my story. Like I needed to get me some help to work through some of my past issues. And so if you have not been able to do this on your own, to work through situations in your life and the things that you've done, and you're still beating yourself up for it, and you you're, you're in cap, you're, 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 you're being held captive to all of these thoughts and rumination and, and things that are really impacting your quality of life. Don't be ashamed to seek professional help. And you have to be careful of who you go to because I've had clients come to me after they have, please forgive me. And, and this is no, like, I'm not, let me just say, after they have gone to untrained professionals, 
I mean, un- untrained people. You know, they go to people that may be professional in some other arena, but they're not trained mental health professionals. And so they can't really explain some of what's going on with you and more harm is done than good. So if you find yourself in that position, you know, get you some professional help so that you can get past this stuff once and for all. And so moving forward, what I want to talk about today is overcoming automatic negative thoughts. And in the mental health arena, we use the acronym ANTS. And if you guys have ever experienced ants at a picnic or ants in your window pane or on your kitchen counter, you know how much of a nuisance that they are. And it's the same thing with the mental ants that I'm going to talk about today. Automatic negative thoughts. And we use the acronym ANTS. So automatic negative thoughts, they happen when our negative thoughts become a habit. You know, I I know for me, I just have to admit that if I am not careful, I err to the side of negative. And and, and a lot of times that's for survival purposes due to the, the things that I've been through. Like I'm all, you know, if I'm not careful, I'm always on alert. Or if something is going on, I tend to play things out to the worst case case scenario, you know, all of that. I, if, if I don't check it, I'll, I'll start, you know, negative self-talk. I'm just telling you, these are all things that I have had to work to overcome. And so when negative thoughts become a habit, it's just what it says. It is just automatic. And some of us have automatic negative thoughts and we don't even realize it. They're automatic thoughts that just happen. When negative thoughts become habitual, they just pop up in your head out of nowhere. Or they pop up when we experience a certain trigger. The, the negative thoughts become a constant companion to us. And we wonder why our, why our mood is so low, you know, or why we're feeling anxious you know, or upset why we're always distracted. It's because we have all of these automatic negative thoughts and these worst case scenarios running through our head and it's wreaking havoc. And so I want you to really listen to what I'm saying and evaluate your life. And today I just want to focus on how these automatic negative thoughts are impacting how you view yourself. Because how we view ourselves, a lot of times is how we present ourselves to the world. And that doesn't mean that everybody knows, you know, what you're suffering. But if you don't feel good about yourself, you might shrink back rather than applying from the, for the new job. If you don't feel good about yourself, you tend to allow people to take advantage of you. You don't speak up. You know, it has, it has impact in your life when your thoughts are all negative, especially when you have negative thoughts about yourself. So I want you to know how serious this is. And this is a very limited and high level um, version of, of the science of it all. 
I, I am not, I don't, I can't begin to tell you or pretend like I know all of this stuff, this neuroscience. But what I do understand is that habitual behaviors create neural, N-E-U-R-A-L pathways, including habitual negative thoughts, neural pathways in your brain. Um, simply defined, neural pathways are the connections in our brains that are formed based on our thinking and behavioral habits. And I kind of want to try to explain all of this, but I don't want to get into the weeds and kind of mess you up and and confuse you. But basically what I am saying is if you're thinking something over and over and over and over and over again, that thing that you are thinking or ruminating about it, the, the connection between that thing is strengthened in your brain because you that's what you're constantly thinking about. And then, you know, those thoughts begin to, to transmit faster and faster and faster because that's your norm. With enough repetition, the behaviors or the thoughts become automatic. And so that's what I mean when I say neural pathways are, are formed. Negative thoughts can, can cause chronic stress which can alter your brain chemistry and makes you more prone to automatic negative thoughts. So something is happening in your brain. Your brain chemistry is is altered. Um, Neural pathways are formed. And the more you think about or perform a certain behavior, the more automatic it comes. So, If you are constantly thinking negative things about yourself, it becomes habitual. But the good news is that we can develop new neural pathways, but it takes work. With work, you can undo some of the damage that has been done and you can hardwire your brain to focus on positive and good experiences rather than focusing on bad and negative experiences, but it takes work. And it's best that you have a trained professional to help you with reconstructing your thought processes. And so um, I mentioned earlier that thoughts cause thought, negative thoughts cause chronic stress, which can alter your brain chemistry, making you more prone to automatic negative thoughts to the ants. And so for some of us thinking negative thoughts about ourselves has become habitual, which makes self forgiveness or resting in God's forgiveness, which is what I am proposing to you. It it makes it nearly impossible because all we ruminate on are the negative things that we think about ourselves. Automatic negative thoughts is accompanied by negative self-talk which happens without even being aware that the thought is formed. So the, so the thought is, has formed in your head. And before you know it, you're saying things out of your mouth. I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I'm this. I can never get it right. Blah, 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 blah. And what I tell my clients a lot of the time is, do you understand that when you're talking to yourself, you're also listening, you're listening. And the words that you speak to yourself, they are impacting your life. So 
automatic negative thoughts, the ants that I'm talking about, are, are more often than not, they're irrational. And they negatively impact our mental well-being. Automatic negative thoughts are, are they, they, if we're not careful, they become our core belief system. We begin to really believe these automatic negative thoughts and they begin to drive our behavior. These core beliefs, these negative core, core beliefs that, that, that we now have as a result of automatic negative thoughts, they trigger unpleasant emotions, stressful emotions like anxiety or sadness, frustration, guilt, feelings of low self, self-worth, shame, and whatever other negative emotion you may want to, to add to the list. But the thing I need you to understand most about these automatic negative thoughts is that they're lies. A lot of them are lies. So I'm not saying that the things that you have done are lies. They're your reality, but you don't have to live in that reality for the rest of your life. And just because you have done certain things, it doesn't make you that thing. So automatic negative thoughts, it's erroneous information. And we don't know that we are trapped in this you know, and so we don't even take the time to investigate whether or not what we're thinking is true. And this is why I say it's a good, it's a good idea to work with a mental health professional who can listen to you and start to identify your patterns, your thought patterns. So a lot of us are being overrun with erroneous thoughts that we believe are 100% true when a lot of times they're simply not, they're not true. But because you don't even recognize them as ants, you just roll with it. And so if, if any of this is coming alive in your spirit and you're feeling like, who that sounds like me, I'm telling you, be encouraged. No guilt, no shame, no condemnation. No, you are not faithless. No, you, you are not less of a Christian. You're not any of those things. You're just a woman who has been through some things in your life that have left a negative impact on your thinking. And you may need some help to get beyond that. Right? So in order to break the cycle of negative thinking, um, it's a good idea that you get help with what we call cognitive restructuring. And that is simply restructuring the way that you think. Like we, we need to begin to think about what we're thinking about. And a lot of us don't do that. We just let our thoughts run all over top of us and they begin to control us. And a lot of times our thoughts are just, they're, they're, they're negative and they're distorted. I wish I had time to go into distorted thoughts, but I'm just going to stick to the automatic negative thoughts. But please do a Google search on automatic negative thoughts and distorted thoughts so that you can begin to gain an understanding of what these thoughts do to your brain and how they impact your thinking and your behavior. So cognitive restructuring, which is a part of cognitive behavioral therapy, which was um, developed by Dr. Aaron Beck back in the 60s, is when you are taught to actively identify challenge 
and reframe your negative thoughts. So the first thing is you have to be able to identify it because you can't challenge or reframe if you don't even identify that you have a problem with automatic negative thoughts. So the goal is to help you identify your destructive thought um, patterns and develop strategies for challenging these thoughts and replacing them with more constructive, um, more positive thoughts that are less harmful to, to your mental health, right? And so if we're not careful, automatic negative thoughts are very, very disruptive to our lives. Automatic negative thoughts for some of us, it's the root to our depression. It's the root to us isolating. We're afraid to be around uh, other people. We don't feel good about ourselves, so we're, we're sad. So we really need to put this work in. And I'm telling you, it's not always easy, but it's necessary for some of us. Not all of us, because some of us, when we come to Jesus and we ask for forgiveness, we are just like, Lord, I am done with all that mess. I'm moving on. I just say, as I've always said, that just has not been my story. And that's not the story of a whole lot of my, my clients, because even when you decide to move on, you could go through things in life and you can have a very strong reaction to something and you don't even realize you've been triggered. So if for no other reason, do this work so that you can be aware of what's going on with you. So moving right along, automatic negative thoughts, the ants are a major barrier that stand between us and our ability to rest in God's forgiveness. These thoughts, they are assaultive. Like Satan is on the playground in a lot of our minds. He is just wreaking havoc in our thought processes and we don't even fight back. We don't fight back because we don't recognize it for what it is, right? And so these thoughts are assaultive. And if we don't know how to recognize and combat them, we often find ourselves in vicious cycles of self-degradation that rob us of our joy and our peace. And when I say self-degradation, where we degrade ourselves. I mean, and sometimes is so innocent. We don't even, I mean, for us, it's innocent. Like we're, we, we really think these things, oh, I'm fat. I'm never going to be able to lose weight. Like if you tell yourself that enough, what do you think that's going to do to you? Oh, I'm so ugly. Look at my hair. It, I can't do anything with my hair. It's a mess. You know, like those are the, the, you know, those are things that are a little bit you know, they're not as as um, heavyweight as some of the other, you know, automatic negative thoughts that I've heard people say about themselves. But I'm just trying to enlighten you. If you're that person that always has something negative to say about yourself, you know, put some work in. I'm telling you, I'm strongly urging you to put some work in. So with this um, cognitive restructuring, um, you're going to be taught strategies on how to extinguish automatic negative thoughts. So here's a good comparison. When you see ants in your home, you extinguish them on sight. I mean, you, you be about to lose your mind. Oh, oh no, I got ants in my house. They all up on my kitchen table. They on my counter. They, they in the window. 
you go, you run to your closet and you get that raid out or whatever your preferred um, bug killer is. And if you don't have it in your house, you're going to run over to the Home Depot or the Lowe's or somewhere and get you some. And if you can't afford, you're going to afford to buy you some. You're going to call your neighbor. All I'm saying is those ants got to go. Right. We, we, we make sure that the ants do not overrun us in our house, in our houses. And so because we know that if we don't extinguish these ants, you could possibly run into an ant infestation because they multiply so fast. So you got to get them when you first see them, because if you wait a day, that countertop is going to be darker and darker or red, whatever color ants they are. You wait another day. I mean, they're going to be all over the place. It is the exact same thing with mental ants. You have to extinguish them on site and you will not be able to extinguish them if you don't recognize them. You have to extinguish them on, on site so that they don't multiply. Some of us have an infestation of automatic negative thoughts about ourselves and they are holding us captive. I'm telling you, if this is you, sister, please, please, please put the work in to learn how to extinguish these automatic negative thoughts. So cognitive restructuring teaches us how to self-monitor our thoughts. To change negative thought patterns, you must be able to identify your thinking errors. Automatic negative thoughts are thinking errors. And so listen, I wanted to say this, like, don't be discouraged. Don't beat yourself up because I have a lot of women, you know, when I talk to them, you know, whether it's in session or just talking, people just like to talk to me for some reason. And they begin to tell me how they are being made to feel by other women, other women who had their own stuff, but apparently have overcome it. Sometimes we have to be careful not to make someone else that's still in their process feel bad for still being in the process. We, we, we have to be careful about, you know, asking people that, that are hurting or struggling in a certain area, where is your faith? You need to trust God more. Well, what are you doing that you can't get over this? Like, be careful. I'm not saying that it's not true that they need to increase their faith. I'm not saying that it's not true that they need to, to, um, learn to trust God more. I'm not saying that it's not true that they need to stop certain behaviors so they can get past certain things. I'm just saying to you, be careful of how you present it and make sure that you're present presenting it in such a way that would please God. Just because you see it, it does not give you a license to just rip at your sister because you really don't know her whole story. So just because you were able to get past something, it doesn't mean your sister is going to have that same path. So all I'm saying is be very, very careful. And another thing I want to say to you sisters, my sisters that are still struggling. I mean, and when I say that, I'm talking to myself as well because I still got my stuff. I'm telling you, I still got my stuff. Forgive my English. I'm telling you, girl, I got my stuff and I'm a mental health therapist and I struggle. 
I struggle sometimes. So what I am saying to you, for those of, uh, of you that are, are trying to help your sister, sometimes it's not enough to just tell them what they need to do. It's not enough because that could come off as very high minded. Like you have arrived and I'm not, listen, I'm not fussing. I am not, I'm not trying to sound disrespectful. Please hear my heart. I'm telling you what I get when these women come to me for help. A lot of women have been guilted and hurt by the church because we don't know how to properly help them. So I'm not saying that everybody has to have, you know, be a mental health professional. What I am saying is hear from God on how you're supposed to handle someone. And sometimes it's not enough to just say you should, you should, you should. Some women literally need for you to tell them how. How sway, how? Did y'all hear Kanye West when he did that? It was an interview. He was like, how sway, how? Okay, I got a little bit off track. What I am saying is this. Sometimes women need to hear how. How did you do it, sister? You're, you're, you're on the other side. You, you're, able, you're, you're now telling this sister what she needs to do. Can you tell her how? Can you tell her your story? Mm, that's, 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 a little, that's a little different, right? Tell your story. Don't just keep telling somebody what they need to do and you can't tell them how. Talk to the Lord about how you should handle your sister. Don't damage her. When she leaves from you, make sure she's not more damaged than when she came. Okay? So let me get back on track. I got off track a little bit. Holy Spirit put that in me to say. Um, So if that's for you, again, no judgment, no condemnation, not trying to guilt or shame you. I just want you to be more sensitive to how you're handling, to how we are handling one another. So... Um, I think I was saying cognitive restructuring teaches us how to self-monitor our thoughts to change negative thought patterns. You must be able to identify your thinking errors. Successful cognitive restructuring depends on your ability to notice the thoughts that spark negative feelings and negative states of mind. So what I'm going to do now is provide you with nine of the most common automatic negative thoughts. And um, I mentioned earlier that Dr. Aaron Beck is the one who developed cognitive, uh, created cognitive um, um, behavioral therapy back in the 60s. And then there's Dr. Daniel Amen who expounded on it. And Dr. Amen is the one who came up with the with the term ants, automatic negative thoughts in the early 90s. And he went on further to help us learn more about these automatic um, negative thoughts. And he developed nine of the most common automatic negative thought patterns. So as I talk to you about these automatic negative thought patterns, I want you to evaluate yourself to see if this is you, if you find yourself in any of these descriptions and more particularly, if you find yourself um, saying negative things about your own self based on what these nine um, ants are. So Number one um, is all or nothing ants, the all or nothing ants. And that is when you think that things are either all good or all bad. There's no in between. 
It's just horrible. You can have a whole bunch of other good stuff going on, but it's all good or all bad. Um, Ant number two, and they, you know, they're not in any particular order, is the less than ants. Comparing and seeing yourself as less than others. No matter what you have going on, it's never good enough because you're comparing yourself to someone else, right? Ant number three, just the bad ants. Th- these are these are the these are the, the the thoughts that um you have you could have a gazillion things going on that are good and you can't you don't focus on those things all you tend to see about yourself are the bad is the bad stuff you see only the bad situations you notice only the bad people you only hear the na- the bad comments you only pay attention to the bad thoughts you just totally ignore anything good and then you have the guilt beating ants these are the ants where you're th- where you begin to think in words like should must ought or i have to like i should do this and then if you don't do it you beat yourself up for that or i must do this or i ought to do this or i have to do this like it's a whole lot of pressure that you put on yourself there is no room for flexibility with this ant and, and, and when that happens, you know, you, you, you're just guilty and you're beating yourself because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. I knew to do it and I just didn't do it. And you don't let yourself off the hook for it. The next ant is the labeling ants. You attach a negative label to yourself or someone else, but we're talking, we're focusing on ourselves um, right now. So you, everything about you is just negative. Negative, 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 negative Nancy, negative Naomi, negative Nina, negative, negative, negative. That's the labeling ant. And then you have the fortune telling ants. You, you can predict the worst possible outcome for a situation with little or no evidence for it. And these are straight from um, Dr. Amen's website. Um, so you have the fortune telling ants and then you have the mind reading ants. Now this is something else right here. Believing you know what other people are thinking, even though they haven't told you. Have you ever met someone that always thinks the topic of conversation is them? And, and, it, and it's always negative. You could be standing at the water cooler talking to your friends at, you know, your, your, your coworkers and, and you have this one coworker that, you know, when she sees everybody at the water cooler and all y'all are doing is saying good morning and getting your water and get your coffee and all that stuff. And, and this person is miserable because they, they, they assume that everybody at the water cooler is talking about them. That's the mind reading ant. And then it's, you have the, if only, and I'll be happy when ants, you argue with the past and longing for the future. You know, so if only I had done this, I would be happy. Or if I'm able to do this in the future, I'll be happy. So if those things don't happen, then you can't go back and change the past. And if that thing doesn't happen in the future, that ant just grows and grows and grows and it morphs into something else. And the last ant is the blaming ant where Typically, you when you talk about this is you blame everyone else for your problems. 
Um, but with this case, because we're looking at, you know, how we treat ourselves, sometimes we blame ourselves for things that are not even our responsibility. And so those are the nine ants, all or nothing ants, less than ants, just the bad ants, guilt beating ants, labeling ants, fortune telling ants, mind reading ants, if only and I'll be happy when ants and blaming ants. And so the thing about these ants, and I mentioned it earlier, is that a lot of what we have created in our heads, like we have created structures in our heads and we believe this stuff. But a lot of these things that we've created, these automatic negative thoughts, they are not true. And so what Dr. Amen suggests is that you write down, after you learn to identify them, write down your automatic negative thoughts. Writing down the ants helps to get the invaders out of your head because a lot of stuff is stuck in our head and is recycling itself over and over and over again, deepening those neural pathways that I talked about earlier. So get it out of your head, begin to write it down and identify the ant species. And I thought that was so cute. So the nine ants that I gave you are the species of ants that Dr. Amen provides us with. And so the second, the third thing you need to do first, you, you need to write it down, the automatic negative thoughts, identify the species. Is it the all or nothing ant? Is it the less than ant? Is it the mind reading ant? Is it all nine? Some of us have all nine. Listen, don't be shamefaced about it. Look, if you have all nine, you just have all nine. There's a little bit more work. I told you faith without works is dead. We have to put the work in because we want to do better. So, so I gave you the first two things to do. The third thing, ask yourself if the thought is true. Challenge it. Begin to challenge that stuff. And, and remember, some of what you're thinking is reality, right? Because some things have happened, but the word of God is what's true. And so ask yourself if the thought is true based on the word of God, right? And so then the fourth thing, excuse me, ask yourself how you feel when you have the thought. Evaluate how it makes you feel. If it's dragging your mood, why keep thinking it? Right? If, if, you, if you are now recognizing every time I allow myself to go there, it just drags my mood then you have to put the work in to stop thinking, to change those thought patterns. And the fifth thing, make ant killing, killing a daily habit. Killing mental ants takes practice. You can't just do it one time because what you're doing is breaking habits. So unpacking our automatic negative thoughts, it takes work. And I, I will say it, this is just my opinion, you know, you should put the work in with, with, with someone that understands all of this, understands what it does to your body that can help you understand your triggers. And listen, don't forget that while we're doing this work, we're still supposed to be resting in God's forgiveness. Okay. So I just want to give you, I, I really hope that you got this. Um, 
and I hope that it helps. But listen, I want to leave you with uh, a couple of scriptures. Um, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. That is what automatic negative thoughts are. They're imaginations. It's our reasoning. You got to cast that stuff down. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. The high thing is anything that you have in an elevated place. And sometimes our negative thoughts are in an elevated place because that's all we think about. We can't even get through, you know, our prayer life is suffering. You know, we're not able to really focus when we're reading the word. Like, because that thing, those automatic negative thoughts, they're in the high place in our mind. And so the word of God says that we have to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So if it doesn't line up with the word of God, sisters, it's not true. And I'm telling you, you got to start capturing these negative thoughts, meaning you have to identify them, grab a hold of them suckers, throw them down and replace them with something that is positive, something more accurate. And I'm telling you, what better than to use in the word of God? Stop, start replacing those negative thoughts with what the word of God says. And so God is so gracious that he also gave us instructions on what to think on, which can be found in Philippians 4 and 8. And we've heard this stuff a gazillion times. It says, finally, brethren, finally, and I'm just saying, Lord, finally, after all of these negative thoughts, can we can we really just go the, you know, not being able to get over our our our, our um, transgressions? We, we can't offer ourselves um, self-forgiveness. We've tried everything like so finally, listen. God is telling us what to think about. He's saying whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things, sisters. He tells you right here what to think on. Like throw that negative thinking. You got to cast it down. It's robbing you of your joy. It's robbing you of your peace. And if you have not been able to do it by yourself, get some help from someone who understands what's going on with you. Right? Don't be ashamed. Let, let's do it. Surrender all of that stuff. Give that stuff to the Lord and do your work. Do your work, sisters. It's for you. It's for your children. It's for your grandchildren. It's breaking generational curses. It's breaking all of these cycles that exist in our, in our families. Like the work has to be done. And you can do it. Listen, I believe in you. And there are people out there that God has, a, he has assigned to you to help you. So, Oh my God, I could go on and on and on about this. Listen, sisters, you deserve to be free of ants. Begin to extinguish that ant infestation that's going on in your head. 
You hear me? Extinguish them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, O God, for who you are. We thank you, O God, that you love us. We thank you, O God, that you care. And we thank you, O Lord, that you forgive us. So, Father, as my sisters are resting in your forgiveness, I pray, O God, that if they need to take the next step and get help with extinguishing automatic negative thoughts, that you would direct them as to what they should do. Father, I pray that you will help relieve them of any kind of embarrassment, of guilt, of shame, of anything that is stopping them from seeking true peace in you. Father, I love my sisters and I pray, oh God, that you will help all of us, help all of us, God. All of us have something that we're struggling with. And Father, we want you to be right in the midst of it. We want you to be right in the midst of what's going on. Lord, we love you. We appreciate you. And God, we are we're offering ourselves up to you, God, for you to take us and mold us and clean us up so that we can be fit for your youth, your use. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. So listen, I want to invite you to visit my website to learn more about me and to get connected. Feel free to send me an email and share your thoughts about this episode or other episodes. If you want to stay up to date on what's going on on the show, please subscribe, follow me or on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to rate and review me in the app as this helps spread the word and grow my listenership. Share my podcast with everyone in your world that you think will benefit from this very timely content. Again, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you for tuning in and I look forward to sharing with you next week. Until then, peace and love.